welcome to the Halderman Podcast. I'm your host, Robert McNamara, and today we will be speaking about the current farm economy. I'm joined by Chris Peacock, an area manager with the Halderman Companies out of Winchester, Indiana. Chris, why don't we start with you telling us about yourself? Well, Robert, thank you for allowing me to be a part of your podcast here. I appreciate that. We are based in East Central Indiana, West Central Ohio, um, in, in Winchester, Indiana, and we also spread on out to um, North Carolina, Southwest Georgia, North Florida, and Arkansas. So we, we keep pretty busy that way and, and get to work with a lot of very, very interesting people in this business. It's really a pleasure. Our office staff here, our office team consists of my wife, uh, who's our office manager and does the accounting for us, uh, our daughter, Lauren, handles um, certified general appraisers. She's in the training program today and just working on wrapping that up. And, and then Abigail Chalfant joined us a couple months ago and, and she is our administrative director and keeps us all in line and, and tremendous help. And I've been with the Halderman companies 25 years now, and it's just really been a pleasure to be with the Halderman companies and a real blessing. I know they're all happy to have you. Well, thank you. So Chris, USDA has forecasted net farm incomes to be much higher for 2021 versus 2020. What do you attribute that to? Uh, that's that's a good question. And it, some of the numbers you, you're referring to there, I think, you know, that on December 1st, the USDA came out and announced that the projected 2021 net farm income of what, 117 billion, wasn't it? Something right. like that, which is an increase of about 18% over what the 2020 net farm income was. So we're looking at quite a bit profitable, more profitable year. And uh, you look at some of the payments that went into agriculture this year from the government, some the, the CFAP three payments and, and some incentives along with COVID, um, whip payments on some farms not not every farm received those payments of course but those helped a little bit we had great yields in this area east central indiana west central ohio and uh, the higher grain prices have, are really contributing to that you know, just a very good income year for everybody yeah it sounds like a perfect storm to allow farmers to be profitable Yes, that's correct. So with the higher debt incomes, what do you see in the farmers doing with their additional capital? That's interesting. Robert, did, how many, how much new equipment did you see on their lots? There's not much out there. There was not much out there, was there? That's my point exactly. So a lot of that money went into new paint, new equipment, but the used equipment was being bought up quick too. And part of that was the, the production of, of new equipment was, was a little tight this year. And then guys had money to spend on equipment. So uh, some of that money went into new equipment. And as guys have come in in the past two weeks, uh, paying their flex payments and, and discussing leases for 2022, the, the thing I've heard most from guys, the equipment I've heard most from guys, combines and sprayers. There's a lot of concern for, for guys now to have their own sprayers to be more timely um, with, with this, with their, their spray applications, especially for fungicide. Other um, projects I've seen guys, or I know guys are working on are, are farm improvement and repair projects, especially tiling. Tiling has a, a relatively quick payoff and guys are putting some of their extra funds into investing that into to tiling. And some pay, paying down some debt too. Yeah, so they're not having trouble finding somewhere to spend the money. You know, I, I was thinking about that. Um, 
back when I was a freshman at Purdue in, in economy class, economics class, the professor said that the best place the government can put money to stimulate an economy is in agriculture because farmers will not save money. It goes right into the, back into the economy. And we, I think we're seeing that today. Money from the last three or four years that has been put in, invested in agriculture has gone right back into the economy to help stimulate the, the U.S. economy. Yeah, that's great the way that works out. Yes. And you talked about the equipment having problems with maybe getting sprayers and combines. What other challenges do you see for farmers going into 2022? Oh, gosh. Um, a hot topic today, it seems like, is um, input costs and input availability. So these are going to be challenges for guys, um, even dealers, a fertilizer and herbicide dealers. Um, or that thought they had product available or coming their way, felt they were promised product, are having challenges getting that today. And costs on, on products, you know, nitrogen and, and just across the board have, have really soared to, to the point where you know, dealers are having troubles, you know, locking those prices in for guys due to the price and availability. They just don't know exactly where we're going to be come spring. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of concern about Roundup, even with the hurricane this summer taking, shutting down one of the large Roundup plants there in the south. And there's some guys that are going to have to invest money and see that allows different, different herbicides, not just Roundup or not just Liberty, to uh, take care of their weed problems this year. A, a local um, chemical and fertilizer supplier mentioned this a couple of weeks ago to me that, you know, we are going to have product. We're going to have the chemistry to take care of people's crops, but we're going to have to change things up. Right. So we won't be able to go straight Roundup because we're just not going to have all the Roundup we need for guys this in 2022. We're going to have to change it up a little bit. Right. Yeah. And with the higher operation costs and, and things like that, not being able to have just an unlimited availability of the chemicals, what are some tools that farmers can use to help mitigate some of that risk. With higher operational costs, are there tools available for farmers to help mitigate their risk? As guys come across our th or through our office here, we're, we're hearing of more guys bumping up their federal crop insurance coverage, uh, going from 80% on up to 85, uh, some even 90% on their coverage. Uh, they're also hearing of guys buying the added additional insurance for early planting to plant earlier than the normal um, federal crop insurance planning dates, and then guys also um, buying the the rain or the precipitation insurance with for their crops to cover themselves in that capacity. We're seeing a lot of farmers that have traditionally purchased inputs at the end of the year for the coming year. Now they're they're actually laying those products in or building extra storage capacity for fertilizer or having the Roundup storage on on hand to um, be able to put more product in their warehouses rather than at the supplier. Sounds like most of them are being very proactive then. They're thinking ahead already on what's- We are what seeing a lot of that, that's correct. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. great. With farming becoming more profitable this year, how has that affected the land market? Have you seen sales volumes change much? I know some people are talking about in some areas where they're seeing a, a, an increase in sales volume. 
we are still tight through East Central Indiana, West Central Ohio, North Carolina, where, where we've been doing some work. Um, that's really tight, land, land availability, availability there. South Georgia and North Florida is really tight. Um, that, so that the availability is still overall tight through the areas that I work in. As far as guys being able to, the, the demand is there. Guys have cash in hand to, to buy more land. So they're, they're really looking for that. But as far as availability, um, it's just not there in our area. Yeah, I've, I've seen it be more localized. For example, in Clinton County, there's been hardly any farms sell or transfer this year. But if you go uh, two counties north to Madison County, there's been more than there has in the last five years. Gotcha. So it's really been more of a localized thing. Pretty much everything around here has just been mostly been due, due to estate purposes. Okay. Has the price of land been increasing this year? And if so, what are some factors that you think are contributing? It's, it's interesting with, with limited to de demand and, and farmers having a very high cash income year this year, net income year. Uh, USDA said this is be the, the highest income year, net income year for farmers in the past eight years. And we're really seeing that in, in the, the farm values. We, we see areas here in particularly East Central Indiana and, and parts of West Central Ohio where significant increases and in, in there are isolated pockets that lands double where it was 12 months ago. It's just a very aggressive land market today. Wow. You think about 12 months ago though, we had the uncertainty with the election where we just finished up an election and had a quite a bit of uncertainty there where people were wanting to liquidate ground before the election so they could close before the end of the year close on those transactions and then we had the elections and people's concerns that people realized we weren't going to fall off a cliff agriculture was going to continue we'd still have the opportunity to raise a crop in 2021 so then we started seeing like farmland values and probably like mid to late december early january start to pick up again and then it's just been a steady increase through 2021 yeah that makes sense if a landowner has decided they wanted to sell their farm, what methods have you seen that have been the most effective? Oh gosh, it, you know, that's a, that's a tough question because it really depends on the location and the, the property. If, if you really the, probably as successful of a, a means to market ground here in the last several years has been the auction method where the mainly public auctions, but we've seen, especially since COVID came, that, uh, more of a turn towards the online auctions. And those have worked out better than what I really thought they would. Um, but those have been accepted really well. Uh, we had five auctions, public auctions scheduled for um, when COVID hit and in, in 2020, then, so we had to switch those to online only. And we offered phone bidding with that due to the COVID restrictions. And all five of those um, brought really good money in spite of the challenges with COVID. So we've seen that, that side of the, the auctions take off the online bidding platforms, and they're very successful. Uh, other methods of selling privately, private listings, those sell well when, when you have restrictions on, on farms of some sort or challenges with with a, a farm, 
where they may need some repairs and maintenance that that certain people can do and, and others can't. Or if, if a landowner is trying to protect their tenant, it, it's more of a sale and lease back, actual sale and lease back opportunities. Those tend to sell better privately than through a public or online auction. Yeah, I've noticed our last public auction, which obviously it was available online as well. And there were more people watching the auction and the an equal amount of bidders in the auction that were doing it just online rather than in person. And so how I did that the, sell? It was great. Sold great. I think the public's uh, got to the point where they're comfortable with the online. I, I think so too. I agree with that. Yeah. And whatever can help our clients make the most money. That's right. That's our target. Yep. Uh, is there any other information you'd like to share with me today about current farm economy? You know, I, in talking to, to guys here, especially the last couple of weeks, one guy mentioned to me that an older guy shared with him years ago. He said that this older guy told him farmland doubles in value approximately every eight years. And I never really thought about that before. So reflect back and you look at that and it really has held close to that, you know, clear back through, through time. Farmland's a very good investment. That's why you and I are in this business. We, we enjoy working with farmland, working with farm investors, farm owners, and, and farm operators. Um, it's a good investment. So um, even with today's um, challenges, you know, with, with farmland increasing as quickly as what it has, it's still a good investment because it's considered an excellent hedge against inflation. And the alternative investments are, are challenging and, and tend to be more risky. Farmland is just a good, solid, long-term investment. So we appreciate working with, with outside investors that like to uh, appreciate the, the, the advantages of investing in farmland and, and, and making those help, helping them to turn those into very good investments for them. On the farmer's side, I think farmers are going to have to be a little more diligent in, in their approach. I think they're going to have to really watch for tar spot, for example, and have to be timely on that. Look for hybrids that, uh, corn hybrids that are, have some resistance to, to tar spot, and then work with consultants and be, be on, on top of that. You know, being the low-cost producer is really important and, and a low cost producer is not somebody that necessarily cuts their, their inputs. It's somebody that maximizes the efficiency of those inputs. And, and if it, guys can keep an eye on that and really be diligent, as you said, in, in this process, then they can still be successful. I, it, we have some exciting times in front of us and, and I'm looking forward to 2022. Every year seems to be a different, so yes. it keeps it interesting. That's right. Well, Chris, thanks for joining me today and all the valuable information. Well, thank you for allowing me to be a part of your podcast. I appreciate it. Great. If you would like to learn more about the Holderman companies or contact someone at the Holderman team, please visit Holderman.com.